listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Today, if you guys don't know, we're in New York right now in revival in Ithaca, New York, uh, at his tabernacle, Ithaca, pastors Chad and Jade Spencer. It started yesterday, and uh, it was awesome to see uh, friends and Victory Tribe members uh, coming in for the meeting and I looked around the crowd last night and I saw Leslie and she's on today. I saw Leslie and her family that drove really, if you count the round trip, six and a half hours round trip to be in one service. And I'm bragging on you because that's amazing. Three hours and 15 minutes one way, I did the Google Maps. And three hours and 15 minutes the other way, six and a half hours of driving to be in one service. That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. And uh, I, we got to see... Uh, Matt and Shelly Costa, who came in from Pennsylvania, love them very much. And uh, it, it was just, it was awesome to see so many people coming in from out of town uh, to be a part of the part of the services. And so we're here through Wednesday night at uh, the Ithaca campus. Every night at 7, we'd love to see you. It's going to be a great week. Two great services yesterday, and they've done an amazing job already. The church, uh, which is brand new, recently renovated new building for them completely full i mean completely full and uh, it was amazing to see it this quickly full and uh that's awesome so uh, today in the time that we have together i wanted to uh talk to you about these three crucial warnings about the increase that's on your life the blessing of god this is um something that i i recognized that when God blesses you, God's not just checking in on you to see how you're doing uh, when things, you know, are they calling out on me when they're in trouble or are they trusting in men? Are they crying out to me when they need a miracle or are they going to others? God doesn't just check in on you to see how you're doing when you're in a crisis. But keep this in mind and you can put it in the comments. God's watching me while I'm blessed. I'd put that in the comments that way. God is watching me while I'm blessed. And you say, well, what does that mean that God's watching me while I'm blessed? Well, one of the things that we have to realize is that God wants to see how we're going to react when we're not in crisis mode, when we're not in dire need of a miracle. Like, man, if I don't get a miracle this week, then my family's going under. Everybody cries out. Every, everybody's going after God in those moments, but God watches us to see how are we going to respond when everything's good, when everything's fine, you know, are we still pressing in like we used to do, even though everything's fine, we're not on our deathbed, we're not in the hospital, we're not on the verge of bankruptcy, you know, we're not Overlay, we're not like depressed and anxious thinking about taking our own life. Everything seems to be good. You're, you're kind of in the, in the increase that God promised. And so I want to give you three warnings today from the scripture that will help us to understand how we should guard ourselves against what the devil tries to do to people once they get blessed. Once they get blessed. Actually, it's funny. I just thought of this. Uh, last night, Will Smith said at the Oscars, Denzel Washington had just warned him. He said, watch yourself because when you're at the top, that's when the devil comes for you. And, um, and it was an interesting warning from Denzel, who, by the way, is a believer, attends church in Los Angeles. I believe the church that he attends is uh, Bishop um, Blake's church, uh, Angeles Temple, Church of God in Christ. I believe that is the church that he attends. But it was a warning. Because uh, many people, when they when they get into their blessing, and, um, and and I'm talking about Christians now, when they get into their blessing and everything's going fine, they start to cruise, right? They they kind of start to uh, they pull back on the they don't press in like they used to. They they stop pressing in, 
And so three things I want to deal with today on the broadcast that I believe will help you immensely. The first one of the three is that uh, when you're blessed, never begin to love the blessing over the blesser. Never love the provision over the provider. And this is something that is so easily missed. I, if I could tell you how many Christians that I see make this mistake and then they fall out is because they start, when they get to the place where they start to have things that they've wanted for so long, they have things they wanted for so long, they finally get them. And then all of a sudden things change for them because now that I've got the things that I was wanting, the things that I was pressing in for, I don't need the Lord anymore. Or they start to love the things so much that it becomes a God in their own life. That it becomes an idol in their own life. And, and that's why the Bible says, and Jesus taught this, you can't serve God and money. You can't serve God and money. You can't serve God and serve the blessing. You can't serve God and serve your provision. But unfortunately, that's where most people end up is they finally get the things they wanted. It was like in their mind, this is the pinnacle. And then all of a sudden, once they get there, it's like, yeah, well, I don't need the Lord now. I got the house I wanted. I got the car I wanted. I got the job I wanted. I don't need God now. And that's the biggest mistake you could ever make. Because what, what you'll see happen is that God's watching the hearts of men. The Lord actually spoke this to, to me one time, and, and I'll never forget it. And you could write it down. I, I've probably told you this before, but it's so worth remembering. The Lord said to me once, he said, when everything means nothing to you, I can give you anything. Let me say it again. When everything means nothing, I can give you anything. Hallelujah. Get that in your spirit. When everything means nothing, I can give you anything. Well, what does that mean? It means that the Lord understands that you don't care so much about things anymore. So no matter what thing he puts in your hand, it's never going to rule you. It's never going to become an idol to you. You're never going to serve a thing because things have become, you've come to the place where things mean nothing to you. Thank God for it. We're thankful. It doesn't mean we're not thankful. It doesn't mean that we're not um, uh, still generous. And here's a test. Let me give you a test for this first one. When you finally get the thing from God that you want, the thing you've been believing for, the, what you might feel is the pinnacle. When, when those things start to come into your hands, you know, ask yourself this. If God told you to give it away tomorrow, would you have trouble giving it? That's the test. If God told you to give it away tomorrow, would you have trouble giving it? It's like people, you know, they've been sowing, they've been believing. Man, they, he's like, I, I saw one guy really, really wanted a, 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 he wanted a Rolex watch. Oh man, I wish I could have a Rolex. I'd love to have a Rolex. And then you get that thing and people hang on to it so tight. Like it's the only thing they'll ever have in their whole life. And they finally get that Rolex. You know, they finally get that Louis bag, ladies, or whatever it might be to you. They finally get the pair of shoes. And then they get the thing, and it's like, oh, man, I'm telling you, I finally got it. I, but what if the Lord told you today to give that thing away? What if he told you to sew that to somebody? Could you take that Rolex off your wrist and put it in somebody else's hand? Could you take that Louis bag off your arm and give it to someone else? Could you take those shoes that you've really been wanting? And you finally got them. Those Louboutins, those Pradas, those YSLs. What, what are you looking for? Those, those McQueens, those Yeezys, those Retro Js. Could you take those off and sew them to somebody else when the Lord told you to? See, do you ever get to the place where the thing that came into your hand actually starts to have control of your life? 
That's a warning about the increase and the blessing. And that's why that, that rule is so vital. When everything means nothing to you, God can give you anything. When everything means nothing, God can give you anything. So the first warning is never let the blessing become the ruling factor in your life. God is always watching for that. Always. Because remember this, why would God ever bless you to the place that would take you further away from him? Think about that for a minute. Why would God ever give you something that he knew you couldn't handle because when he gave it to you, it caused you to fall away or, or come back away from pressing into him? That's why our mindset has to change. It's like I'm thinking about people that, man, there's guys where I grew up, you know, they love to hunt. They love to fish. And, uh, you know, what if what if God did? And people say, man, I'd love to have a brand new bass boat. I'd love to have a brand new, you know, hunting cabin or whatever, or a cabin on the lake or whatever it might be. But here's the question. Why would God ever bless somebody with a brand new bass boat or a brand new cabin on the lake or a hunting cabin or whatever if he knew Man, once they got that, that's where they'd be on Sundays. Instead of being in my house, receiving the word, and being faithful to what I've asked them to do, they'd be out at the lake house. They'd be out on the bass boat. They'd be out in the hunting cabin, right? Why would God put something into someone's hand that would take them away from God's presence? So what do we do? We have to mold ourselves with self-control, we mold ourselves to say, you know what, Lord, there's nothing you could give me. See, this is a form of self-control. This is a form of letting the Holy Spirit modify your heart and your mind. This is part of um, renewing your mind unto God. Renewing your mind unto God to where you can say, Lord, I love you far more than anything. Things do not define me. Things do not control me. And so, no matter, Lord, what you put in my hand, well, if you've ever heard me talk about um, the, the, the discipline that my wife and I try to employ in our own lives every single year, and when I say every year, it really comes into play about every month, that there's going to be something that um, we do to test ourselves and to check ourselves that, you know, this month, once again, we're dying to self and we are going to put God first in every area of our lives. Well, I mean, literally, it might be some sort of a sacrificial offering that we sow. It might be doing something for someone else, but there's always going to be something in our lives that we do to make sure, you know, that the things that we are blessed with will never hold us, that they'll never control us, they'll never become idols to us. And um, that'll happen all the time. And what one of the things I've tried my very best, and of course we're all still growing, but one of the things I've tried my best to do is that if the Lord speaks to me to bless somebody, I bless them very quickly very quickly. I don't wait on it. I don't delay the blessing. I don't say, well, Lord, when, you know, maybe next month or next year sometime, I'll do that for them. No, I do it as soon as I hear it and say, yep, Lord, if you said to do it, I'm doing it. I'll do it right now. I do it right now. And, um, I remember I was leaving. I mean, you've, y'all have heard me tell the story about, you know, when I, uh, was at Dr. Rodney's and I had all those like 14 pairs of Jordans in my closet went home after the Lord told me to immediately gave all of them away. I was at another conference and I had just gotten a really, really nice pair of, uh, of Yeezys that I liked a lot. They were the most comfortable shoes that I'd ever worn, uh, ever. And we were leaving the service and the drummer that was with, with the visiting, um, musical team, the drummer came out and he said, man, I love those shoes. I really love those shoes. Well, immediately my heart, I was like, man, I feel to, I feel to sew them into the drummer. And uh, I was like, I'm just, oh, Lord, he's going to have a different shoe size than me. Thank you. Jesus. I said, what size is your, your shoe? Exact same size as mine. And I took them off in the hallway. <laughs> I took the shoes off in 
the hallway and said, they're yours. He was like, what? Are you serious? I was like, yep, I'm serious. I said, put them on right now. They're your Yeezys and, and, and put them on his feet. Well, I got another pair right after that. Somebody blessed me with. And then just recently, I felt it again. So I was like, man, I really love the shoes. Take them off. They're your shoes. Put them on. Are you serious? Yep, take them. And now literally, I got blessed again. Let me show you something that's so funny. I didn't even think about this this morning. You might think they're ugly. I don't even know if you can see it. This is the same shoe that I gave the drummer. Literally, the most com- it looks like a dad's shoe. This is the most comfortable shoe I've ever worn in my life. But literally, just got blessed again. And the, the same exact shoe. Uh, that I loved so much that, you know, I said, Thing, things aren't going to ever hold me. And um, now I'm going to have to try to finagle it back on. Uh, got it. Uh, but but it's crazy to me that like uh, things that other people, I thought about this earlier, and you've heard me say this phrase, that when you put God first, things that other people are dying to get, and that's just a tiny thing. Shoes are just a tiny thing. But that's it just shows you that if you like shoes, God's interested in in blessing you because he loves you with things you like. God doesn't mind. God doesn't mind about giving you shoes or anything, a house, houses, cars, whatever. He doesn't mind. He loves you. He's your father. You're his child. But you know what the key is? They can never become an idol to you. You can never serve them. And so Johnny said, my favorite shoe is Skechers Comfort Fit. You enjoy those Skechers Comfort Fit. You get it. Is that the one that's like rounded at the bottom? So you're like rocking with every, you're like rocking with every step. I love it. You enjoy those sketches comfort fit. That's not my game, but let it be your game in Jesus name. (laughs) He is a good father, Leslie. And so that's the first thing that I want you to see today. God's watching to see how we respond when we're blessed. Is the blessing ever going to take us over? The other thing that I want you to see, uh, this is like the second, this is the second warning that I want you to get in your spirit. Uh, and it's found in an, uh, a weird spot, but it's in Zephaniah. Those, there's people right now on the broadcast thanking God for the contents page in the Bible. Zephaniah, thanking God for digital Bibles. But I want to, <laughs> I want to read this to you because there were people, um, that were, and when I say there were people, it was Judah. It was Judah. And Judah stopped seeking the Lord like they used to seek the Lord. And can I tell you something? That upset God very much. Very much. And um, I'll read this to you from the New Living Translation, the NET, which is the New English Translation, and the ESV. Because I want you to see this. God is so upset with Judah at this point that the Bible says uh, that he's going to judge them. Now I'm in Zephaniah chapter one. <laughs> Justin said, I need some Heelys. <laughs> I don't even know if they make adult Heelys. I, I don't even know if they make Heelys anymore, period. Uh, Zephaniah, Mike Frost, Zephahua, uh, chapter one. And there's judgment coming to Judah, God's people. But you see, you're like, why? Why is, why is God going to judge them? What's up with that? Verse 6 tells us why. He said, the ones I'm going to judge, this is the ESV, it's those who have turned back from following the Lord, who do not seek the Lord or inquire of him. So three things. Number one, they have turned back from following the Lord. Number two, they don't seek the Lord. And number three, they don't inquire of him. Well, that second one, seek the Lord. I want you to see, as I read it to you from a couple different translations, it's more than than you think it is. Listen to the NET. It says, I'm going to judge those who turn their backs on the Lord. But listen to number two. And do not want the Lord's help or guidance. Three things. They turn their backs on the Lord. They don't want his help and they don't want his guidance. Listen to the new living translation. This will, this will, uh, this will open your eyes. It says, and I will destroy those who used to worship me, but now they no longer do get that. They used to worship me, but now they no longer do. Number two, 
they no longer ask for the Lord's guidance or seek my blessings. That's mind-blowing right there. That's mind-blowing. That it made God mad when his people stopped seeking his blessings. Get this, man. This, This is a heavy word today. Because there's so many people that act like that the message of provision, the message of blessing, the message of increase, what somebody have called the prosperity gospel, they act like it's some evil thing. When in reality, in regards to his own people, God said, I am angry to the point of bringing judgment that my own people stopped asking for my blessings, seeking out my blessings. They stopped. They stopped, and I'm angry about it. The Lord loves you and wants to bless you and is angry when people go about using their own strength and ability to take what's theirs instead of depending on the Lord and looking for that serious supernatural blessing. And so number two, the second the second warning that I would give you about your increase is this. It never stop seeking God's blessing. Never stop. It made God angry in the Old Testament. It would still make him angry in the New Testament. Don't stop seeking God's blessing. Don't stop seeking God's blessing. Hallelujah. Don't stop seeking God's blessing. He wants to bless you. He wants to increase you. He wants to provide for you. He wants you to have more than enough to do everything you're called to do and have more left over. Don't stop seeking God's blessing. What a mistake for people that get into this mode of, um, now listen, here's the, this is really, there's a fine line. Of course we know that, but I'm talking to people that I believe are mature believers. And when I'm talking to you about this, there's a fine line that we walk, we're not, we're not greedy people. That's not who we are. We have, to, we have to take all of the Bible as it's taught to us. Paul taught that he, he's content in the state that he currently finds himself. So we're content. I'm not sitting here today in greed or dissatisfied in, in, the, in the way that I'm ungrateful and I, I'm not content. No, no. I'm content. I'm content. See, isn't this a funny thing? It's almost like a paradox. I'm content with what God's done for me, but I also know he's not done. Think about it. I also know he's not done. In fact, if you believe that with me today, put it in the comments. God's not done blessing me. Please put that in. If you're listening on the podcast, just say it out loud. God's not done blessing me. And he's not. He's not done blessing you. Not by a long shot. Not by a long shot. God's not done blessing you. And so that doesn't mean you're greedy. That doesn't mean that... um, you know, you're sitting around dissatisfied in a way, ungrateful for what God's done in the past. No, that doesn't mean that. It just means that you know that you serve an unlimited God, that there's nothing that can stop his hand. There's no limit to which he can't take you. You understand that God can do anything through his obedient, faithful, loyal, diligent children. And no, I'm not where, and we, we used to say it like this in church. I'm not where I used to be, but I'm not where I'm going to be. I'm not where I used to be, but I'm not where I'm going to be. My, my grandfather had an interesting way of saying it. You've probably heard me say it before. He said it this way. I'm satisfied with a dissatisfied satisfaction. <laughs> He'd say, I'm satisfied with a dissatisfied satisfaction. What does that mean? I'm happy about where the Lord's brought me from, but this is not the end. He's taken me somewhere. There's more left 
to see God do. There's more that God will accomplish in us and through us. And so thank God for where we came from. Thank God we're not where we used to be. But God's not, his, his power's not capped. This is not the end. Never-ending increase is the story of God's people. Proverbs 4.18, the path of the just is a shining light that shines brighter and brighter until the perfect day. So understand, nothing can limit God's hand except our lack of obedience. And so where we never want to get, and this is warning number two, where we never want to get is into a place of complacency. Complacency. Well, this is enough. This is all it this is all this is all any No no that's a selfish attitude because the more blessed you are the more of a blessing you can be Well this is uh, you know we've got everything we need you know we've got a house we've got food we've got a car you know we get to go on vacation 2 weeks out of the year we're just you know God's really been good to us Yeah but remember when you think like that you're only thinking about you Remember that you're only thinking about you and thank God you are blessed. But listen, why would you limit what God can do to just you? Imagine what you could do. Imagine the fact that you got so blessed that you personally could pay your church off. Imagine that. Imagine you got so blessed personally, you could build an orphanage by yourself. Think about that. Imagine that you got blessed, so blessed personally that not one homeless person in your city would ever have to go without food because you provided it for them. Imagine that. Not one homeless person in your city would ever, ever have to go to bed hungry because you personally and the foundation that you set up because God blessed you into abundance are feeding them every day. Imagine that. People say, "Well, we're we we don't need many more, and to want any more would be would be greedy." No, it's not greedy. It's empowering your purpose. It's empowering your ability to bless this generation. I've made up my mind. I'm going to bless this generation. I made up my mind, I'm going to take care of those who can't take care of themselves. I, I made up my mind that I'm going to be so blessed that I'll always be in position to help somebody else, to bless somebody else. Hallelujah. That's right. Paula Hill said that's kingdom thinking. And that's exactly what it is. We're not, it's, it's, we're turning it from inward to an outward focus. It's kingdom thinking. And of course we know that the initial reason that God blesses any of his children is not blessed to be a blessing. That's not the initial reason God blesses us. The initial reason is that he loves us. That's why. He blesses us. He increases us because he loves us. Amen. Not because we're blessed to be a blessing. That's part of it, but it's not the, that's not the primary reason. It's not the primary reason. God loves you. And he wants to bless you. And so one of the dangerous things that we uh, find ourselves slipping into if we get uh, carnal with this is, well, that's right, Mike Frost. It's false humility gospel to think. You got all, you know, I don't need any more. Uh, oh, brother, I don't need God to bless me more. I've got all I need. Do you really? Then you must have a really tiny purpose. You must have a really tiny purpose if you've got all you need. And, I, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna live that way. I'm gonna live in such a way where I say, you know what, Lord, if you'll keep blessing me, I thank you that my purpose is so large in my spirit that if you as you keep on blessing me, I'm gonna keep on impacting my generation in a greater measure than I ever have before. Huge. There's no level that God can't take you to if you'll yield yourself to His goodness, to His mercy. Amen. His unfailing love. And so let me let me give you this this second warning, and that is don't ever become complacent. Don't ever become complacent and say, I no longer need the blessings of God. I no longer need the blessings of God. That'll never be your story in Jesus' name. 
That's it, Gina. What a great way to say it. Keep blessing me so you can use me, Lord. Keep blessing me so you can use me, Lord. Um, I would say so, Robert. Robert N. asks, yeah, if you're not blessed, you're doing something wrong, right? I would say so. I would say, and it doesn't mean that God's making every Christian a millionaire. See, people get this all wrong as though God's going to make every Christian a millionaire. God will do for you what your purpose requires. I can tell you this, not, it's God's desire, and we see it from Scripture, for every believer to be blessed in such a way that all their needs are met and they have more than enough left over. No question. So well, I don't believe so. We saw poor Christians in the Bible. Yes, we did. But let me ask you a question. If it was God's will for them to be poor, then why did God lead the apostle Paul to take offerings for them and then bring it to them so that they would have more than enough? If it's, if it was God's will for those other believers to remain in their poverty, then why was Paul taking supernatural offerings from the Christians who had far more than enough to bless the ones who did not yet, right? Here's the other thing. When the early church was founded in the book of Acts, you know what the Bible says? They had no needs among them. Not one. Not one need. And do you know why they didn't have any needs? The Bible says it's because that as the believers were added to the body of Christ, that if there ever was a need that came up, they had people that just sold possessions and met the needs, sold possessions and met the needs. Now, does that mean they're not going to be poor Christians? Does that mean they're not going to be poor people in the world? Of course not. In fact, Jesus said, you'll always have the poor with you. You'll always have the poor with you. So you're never going to um, completely eradicate poverty from the earth. That's never going to happen. But that doesn't mean it's not God's will for people to be blessed. You have to remember that just because something exists doesn't mean that it's God's will. Put that in the, this will help people. Put that in the comments today. Just because something exists doesn't mean that it's God's will. Hmm. Powerful thought. Just because something exists doesn't mean that it's God's will. So is there poverty in the world? Yes. Is there poverty in the church? Yes. Does that mean it's God's will? No. Let me ask you this. Is there sickness in the world? Yes. Is there sickness among people in the church? Are there Christians that are sick? Yes. Does that mean that it's God's will? No. And now that I showed you that, I can show you how ridiculous it would be to take this to the nth degree, right? Is there sin in the world? Yes. Here's another question. Is there sin in the church? Are there Christians who live in sin? Are there Christians who commit sins? Yes. Does that mean it's God's will? No. So in the same way that there's sin in the church, same way there's sickness in the church, same way that there's anxiety and depression in the church, same way that there's poverty in the church, yes, they are all there. Yes, they all exist. It doesn't mean it's God's will. And God's will is defined by his written word. And the scripture is sufficient. God's will is defined by his written word. And so when we see the way God interacts with his children in the New Testament, the Old Testament, we know that when sickness comes, what does he do? He reveals himself as the healer, the healer. Why would he be the healer if sickness was his will? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Why would he be, why would he be the provider if poverty was his will? You see that? And Robert said, uh, you got to be careful because you said God bless you because he loves you. But true, but people can say if you're not blessed, it's because he doesn't love you. And his love for you is based off merit, whether you're doing right or wrong. Um, his love for you is based off merit, Robert. That's what the Bible actually teaches. God so loved the world that he gave his son. That was the only general love he showed to the world. The only general love. 
But then if you go to the gospel of John chapter 14 and verse 21, Jesus teaches that even all the people that say they love him don't love him. Jesus said that even all the people who say they love me and love the father, they don't really love me. And then he defines how you can say, see if someone really loves him. Look, John 14, 21, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. So Jesus said, talk is cheap. Anyone can say they love me, but the only ones who actually love me are the ones who obey my word. That's it. And notice this. And he who loves me, which was just defined as people who obey the word, he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. So Jesus is breaking down in the scripture here that not everybody who says they love him actually loves him. But the ones that the father will love and the ones that Christ will love are the ones who prove their love to him by their obedience. And obedience is the thing that brings you into God's blessing. So I would make that connection, Robert, that uh, when you start to realize that God's word doesn't fail, God's word doesn't fail. So if I'm missing instructions or if I'm not completing instructions from the word, then my problem is not that God doesn't want to bless me. And the problem is not that it's not uh, there for me. No, it is about his love, Robert. Look at what the scripture says. It says, and the ones who loved me will be loved by my father. That's his love, not ours. It defines our love first. Obedience is the proof of our love. And then he said, those are the people that will be loved by God and by Christ. Those people, not everybody, those people. It's called reading the Bible in context. That's why you need to join Bible study made simple. $15 a month. It'll help you. Yes, but that's in reference, Robert, to Jesus being sent. His love after Jesus was sent is based upon whether or not people love him. Do you? Let me ask you a question. Do you think God blesses everybody the same, the sinner and the saint? You think God loves everybody? Do you think, look at Hebrews eleven six. The Bible says that God is a rewarder of who? Everyone? Is God a rewarder of everyone or those that diligently seek him? That's a, that's a question for anybody watching. Is God a rewarder of everyone or is he a rewarder of those that diligently seek him? Well, God loves everyone, brother. God loves us all the same. Does he? Because if you go to... Um, if you go to 1 Peter chapter 3, the Bible says uh, in verse 12, 1 Peter 3, 12, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So, but does God love everybody the same? No, he's against those that do evil and he's for those that obey him, the righteous. He's for those. He's for those. He's against the others. God loves everybody the same, brother. Does he? Then how come he opposes the proud and gives more grace or favor to the humble? God loves everybody the same, brother. We're all his children. No, we're not. We're not all his children. The people that obey him and that have, that was 1 Peter 3.12 the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. God doesn't love everybody the same. There's people God doesn't even like, let alone love everybody the same. Again, read the Bible in context, Robert. The Bible says he's no respecter of persons. Yes, but do you know that what that was in reference to? It's when Peter who thought that the gospel was only for the Jews, 
was had to be told by an angel, no, go preach it to the Italians, to the Gentiles. He goes to the house of Cornelius, preaches it to the Gentiles without even thinking, this, this can't be for them. And while he's preaching, they all get filled with the Holy Ghost, speak in tongues and prophesy, and the Jews say, man, this is the exact same thing we got on the day of Pentecost. And then Peter says, wow, I can now see God is no respecter of persons. You know what? That was in context. Again, this is why we're doing Bible study made simple. In context, Peter is saying, wow, the gospel's not just for the Jews, it's for the Gentiles as well. It doesn't mean God does the same thing for everybody. He will do the same thing for everybody who has faith in his word and obeys his word. He won't discriminate there, but he doesn't just randomly do the same thing for every person. You'd have to be a complete, uh, you just have to be completely obtuse to believe that everyone gets the same thing from God. Because then you'd have to explain why there are Christians that have never been sick and why there are some Christians that suffer with sickness their whole life. Why there are some Christians that are blessed and financially in abundance and others are struggling paycheck to paycheck. Oh, buddy, he loves us all the same. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He loves those and shows and manifests his love to those who obey his word. That's how it works. That's how it functions. God opposes some, gives more grace to the others. To, to others. That's why I, well, Robert, that's exactly why I launch courses. So people don't have to be in ignorance and don't, don't not know. That's why it's available to you. And instead of just saying, I don't understand, I need more help on in the comments section 32 times, join the course, open your Bible, get a pad and a pen and learn. That's what knowledge is for. That's what teaching is for. I am a gift from God. According to Ephesians chapter four, I'm an, I'm an evangelist. One of the five gifts from God, apostles, prophets, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers that have been set into the body of Christ for this very thing, the perfecting of the saints. What do you think? I just come on the broadcast Monday through Friday for my own good health. Think I'm just sitting here teaching because I've got nothing else to do. And praise God for whoever keeps writing in the comments that marijuana demon got evicted this morning. Thank God. We get it. You don't have to write it anymore. <laughs> marijuana demon evicted this morning. This is the whole reason I come on the broadcast every day for the perfecting of the saints. Robert says, so if you're struggling with sickness, it's because you're in sin. No, you could be missing an instruction. You could, it could, I did a whole broadcast on this, by the way, if you'd go back, why, why Christians, why many Christians are suffering with sickness. I did. I gave you multiple reasons why it could be possible. Multiple reasons why it could be possible. Sometimes people are missing an instruction. Sometimes people don't have the, the right amount of revelation from God's word. You can only fly as high as the revelation you have from God's word. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And then you have people asking, is the course free? Oh, Lord. <sighs> Taking one, one more sip. Jesus. And there's a reason why some people stay where they always are. They'll never move out of the place where they are. They'll, 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 they'll never move. They'll never get out of the, the slump that they're in. They'll never get out of the slump they're in ever. <laughs> Is the course free? Pays $53 a month for Sirius XM. <laughs> Is the course free? Wears Nike running shoes instead of buying 1888 at Walmart. 
goes to McDonald's eight times a week. And you see, you understand the problem. Here we are talking about increase, and there's not even people that are willing. <laughs> you start to realize one of the ways to get into increase is to understand revelation from God's word. And there's people that are not even willing to invest in their own future. Not even willing. I'll give you I'll give you something, Robert. The Bible says in regards to offerings to ministries, so you're doing it because it's your calling, right? I'll give you something. The Bible says that ministers are worthy of double honor, which means double pay. Double pay. So whatever you tithe to your church, how about do what the Bible says, and so double into this ministry until you're blessed. Because that's what the Bible teaches. Double honor. And it's in regards to finances, if you read the context. But people are so narrow, they're so narrow, they don't even understand the importance of sowing into their own future, investing in their own future, and grasping the Word of God in a way. You know what's, you know what's amazing? It's amazing to me. Yeah. <laughs> Robert, the course for you just went up to $30. One more comment, it's going up to 50 and before the end of this broadcast, the course for you is going to be $100 a month. I'm just kidding. Um, but people get satisfied in the place where they are. And the problem, what ends up happening to people is they get sat, they get used to it. This is a danger. They get used to it. What does that mean? That they've lived away so long that they've learned how to live that way. It's all right. Well, I'm getting by. You know, I actually had somebody say to me in a prayer line one time. They said, I said, how can I pray for you? They come forward and you could see they needed a touch in their body. I said, you want me to pray God heals you? Oh no, brother. No, no. There's so many others. There's so many others who need much more than me. I said, really? So you would rather push off. You think it's going to be too much work for God. I'm trying to figure it out. You think it's going to be too much work for God? For me to pray for you and for others? Oh, don't pray for me, brother. There's others who need so much more than I do. <laughs> and you think it's going to be hard for God to touch both or all? Or then I'll have this sometimes. No, brother, don't pray God heals me. Just pray that he gives me strength to bear it. What? It takes, <laughs> wouldn't it take like the same amount of faith to believe that you have the strength to bear it? rather than have the strength to be healed from it? Makes no sense to me. And what happens is, is that people get complacent. They get satisfied. They get comfortable. Well, it's not that bad. I can deal with it. It's not that bad. I can live with it. Don't live with it. You're not called to live with it. And this is what upset God. He said, they don't, they don't even seek my blessings anymore. They don't even seek my blessings anymore. They used to, but they don't anymore. And it's, it's so angered God. So number one, we don't serve the increase. Number two is this, that we don't stop seeking the increase. Don't stop seeking the increase. Don't stop pushing for what God has for you ever. We don't serve the increase, but we don't stop seeking the increase. And that third thing that I wanted you to see was, I, I read this, uh, and, and I've been kind of hinting towards it when I talked about number two, but not only do we not stop seeking the increase, but there is a level that people, get, they cap themselves. They cap themselves. In fact, put this in the comments. I will never cap myself. I'll never cap my faith. It, this really struck me when I was reading a book one time by Jim Collins. Many of you probably have read it also. It's a book called Good to Great. Put a hand up, by the way, in the comments if you've read that book. It's, it's a business book. It's not a Christian book. But if those of you that are in business or entrepreneurs, maybe you read that book years ago or maybe recently. Good to Great, Jim Collins. I was reading that and uh, something leapt off the page at me and uh, 
he wrote the main reason that good companies never become great companies is because they're satisfied being good companies. Man, that, that struck me. That struck me, man. The main reason that good companies never become great companies is because they're satisfied being good companies. They don't want to go any further than they are right now. It's comfortable. It's good. Everything's fine. You know, we can just kind of live, do the base. You ever met people that work like that at their job? They do their 9 to 5. They'd probably come in at 9.02 and leave at 4.58. Literally. And they just do the bare minimum to get by. And... uh they're just comfortable. They do, they work. Put a hand up, by the way, if you've ever worked with somebody that does just enough not to get fired. <laughs> you ever work with somebody like that that works just enough not to get fired? They're coasting. They don't, they're not looking for promotion. They're just looking to keep their job and get a paycheck every week. They're coasting. And they, and, and Jim wrote in that book, he said the reason that many uh, good companies never become great ones is because they're satisfied being good ones. And so this is, this is the third level here is to, it, it takes, let me tell you, it takes a mature Christian. <laughs> listen, oh my God, listen, half my office. <laughs> That's half my office working like that. That's rough, Liz. Show them the way. Show them the way, Liz. Um, it takes a mature Christian to keep their mind free from the persecution of those in our generation that try to make us feel like you're so wrong to seek for more. You are so wrong to be pressing in for, I mean, look what you have now. You're pressing in for more increase? More increase? Seriously? It's because they don't understand. They don't understand purpose. They're inward thinkers instead of outward thinkers. And this is why. It's like, man, thank God for where I'm at now. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it is about the kingdom purpose over the personal provision. Get that. In fact, you could put it in the comments. The kingdom purpose over the personal provision. So important that you get that. So important that you get that. Kingdom purpose over personal provision. If you'll seek kingdom purpose, you'll always have personal provision and more than enough. Because you're putting God's agenda first. You see that. But man... If you, if you miss that in this generation, it's like you get hammered. You get hammered for believing for more. Pressing in for the more. Oh, it feels like, brother, if you had any more, be a little greedy to ask for any more. No, it's not greedy. It's about my purpose. I need more than I have now. I'm going higher than I am right now. I'm going to be more of an impactful Christian, an effective Christian than I am right now. I'm going to the next level. So are you. So are you. And so um, you start to move towards that thought. I'm not going to let others vilify me, and, and they might, but it's not going to affect me, from going higher and seeking the next level of God's blessing. I'm not comfortable here. You know, it's interesting. My wife and I were in Indiana at the beginning of this year on the river, and we were, we were walking and talking one afternoon. And can I tell you, we just came through two of the very best years, uh, not two of the, the two very best years that we've ever had in the history of our ministry, ever. 2020 and 2021 were so unbelievably good for Miracle Word Ministries um, that it's just mind-blowing. But we had this 
thought process <clears throat> and then we felt it in our spirits as we're, we were, we were coming to the end of last year and beginning into this year. And we had this, this feeling like, yes, it was great, but it can't be that way again. Meaning we can't do again what we did in 2020 and 2021. We have to go higher. We felt this call. It was like you feel a dissatisfaction in your spirit. You feel like this uncomfortable feeling like got to press for more, got to do more. It's the mo it's the weirdest thing. And those of you that are that are watching, I can tell I can tell most of you this and you won't think it's insane because it takes a mature believer to understand that that it's like yeah, we just had the best we've ever had. Yes. We've gone higher than we've ever been, but man, this is not the end. This, this is just the beginning that God has more and we've got to press. We don't, this is not the time to lay back and coast because we had two phenomenal years that blew every other year away. Not even close. There's this, there's this dissatisfied, uncomfortable feeling like growing pains, like, man, thank God for that. But that's not it. Thank God for that, but that's not it. Have you ever been there before? Thank God for that, but that's not it. It was the best we ever had, but that's not all. That's not the end. It's just the beginning. And, and, and I'm telling you, we started walking and talking, walking and talking, sat down in a cafe, and we began to, uh, we began to talk about it. We felt it in our spirits. Thank God, but that's, that's not it. It's not, it's, not, it's not the end. That's not it. There's, there's more. And, and, and when you, it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing to have that feeling. But, you know, you would, if you, if you talk to, to carnal people, they'd be like, I can't believe you'd feel like that. Instead of just feeling thankful after the two years you had. Yes, I feel thankful. But I feel like my grandfather said, I feel like my grandfather said, I'm satisfied, but with a dissatisfied satisfaction. Man, it's just, it's amazing how God will keep taking you higher, but he, 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 it's almost like a poke, a prick, a prod at your spirit. Keep you moving. I don't know how to explain it other than God's desire for his people is never ending increase. And the more blessing you have, the more you have to press in and say, man, thank God, but that's not it. That's not the end. That's not the end. There's more. There's more that God wants to do, which means you're back to fasting and praying, which means you're back to studying the word, which means you're back to going after it with your sowing of seed, which means you're going after it and pressing in to do all, all that God's called you to do. And, and, and you never throw, you never throw life into cruise control. Put it in the comments. My life will never be on cruise control. You're seeking for the higher. So it's not just that, uh, it's not just that you stop seeking God's blessings and people do that. People do stop seeking God's blessings. It's not just that though. It's that there are people that'll be involved in, and they're in what they've always been in and they're just happy to stay right there. You have to make sure you're never happy to just stay right there. Let, let me show you, let me show you this. The life of the believer doesn't look like this. That's not how God desires. The life of the believer looks like this. That's the life of the believer according to the will of God. The, wife, the life of the believer is ever higher. Ever forward, never back. Ever higher. He takes us from grace to grace. From faith to faith. From victory unto victory. It's always higher, higher, higher. Doesn't mean the devil won't try to attack you. Doesn't mean that there won't be something that you have to use your faith and things you'll break through by, by the power of God. Doesn't mean that at all. The devil doesn't want you going higher. He doesn't want you to increase. He wants you to fail. But we will not fail. We will not fail. And so what's the key here? Number one, we're never going to serve the blessing. It's never going to become a, an idol to us. But number two, we'll never stop seeking the blessing either. We'll never stop seeking the blessing like they did in, in Zephaniah and God was angry with them. But number three, we'll never get to an acceptable level of increase. 
please put it in the comments. There is no such thing as an acceptable level of increase. No such thing. There's no such thing as an acceptable level of increase. Never. Never. And so I'm encouraging you because, see, 2020, what are we declaring? 2022 is our year of divine possession, ownership. We're going to do what we've never done. We're going to go where we've never gone. And we're going to hold what we've never held in Jesus' name. Because there's no such thing as an acceptable level of increase. The Lord actually spoke that to me one time as a, I felt it like a, a slap in the face. It was like a warning into my spirit. This is, this is what I heard the Lord say to my spirit. You ready for it? Beware of acceptable success. Get that. Beware of acceptable success. Uh, Dylan, if you're still on, I can't remember who said this. Um, but maybe Dylan, you'll remember this quote. Maybe it's like a Cardone quote. I can't remember. But they said, maybe it's a, a rich dad, poor dad quote. I can't remember. But it, it was something like a salary is an invisible prison for, I, I, I can't remember the exact fullness of the quote, but it's basically the whole, the thought process, the gist of it was a salary is a prison that they put you in that keeps you uh, in, a, in a bondage for the rest of your life. A salary is. I can't remember. I can't remember exactly the full quote. It might be a rich dad, poor dad, might be a Grant Cardone, might be somebody else, but it's like a salary is like an invisible prison they put you in to keep you just dependent and running on that hamster wheel for your whole life and never break out of it. But remember, there's no such thing as an acceptable level of success. No such thing. Because God has no limits. God is not going to cap your faith and won't cap you. If you put him first, if you make his agenda, your agenda, make righteousness, your goal, make his plan, make his word preeminent in your life. There's no such thing as acceptable success. Beware of it. Beware of it. Don't ever get man. And I've seen people do this. They finally get their, the, the job they wanted and then they just kind of kick it in. This is where I was looking to get for the rest of my life. So now I'm just cruising. You can stay there if you want, but you don't have to because there are different levels of even above that, which you think is great. There's different levels even above that. God has, there it is. That's the one I was looking for, Dylan. Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank. A salary is the drug they give you to make you forget your dreams. There it is. A salary is the drug they give you to make you forget your dreams. There's no, beware of acceptable success. Beware of acceptable success. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God wants to bless you abundantly. Thank you, Dylan, for putting that in. God wants to bless you abundantly. And I want to pray for you at the end of this broadcast because we are going higher than we've ever been this year. The faithful. Higher than we've ever been. We're going to do more for the kingdom than we ever have this year in Jesus' mighty name. And so let me pray for you today. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh, the one who provides for us. We thank you that you're the all-sufficient God. We thank you that there's nothing you can't do. Thank you for giving us faith. Thank you for giving us the eternal law of seed time and harvest. And I thank you, Lord, that your plans for us are to take us in the never-ending increase and make an impact on our generation before Jesus comes. Lord, not only set a fire in every one of us, but never let us be ashamed of the blessing that's upon our lives. Never. 
I pray in Jesus' name that you'd open more doors this year than you have in any previous year. I pray that properties would come into our hands. I pray that opportunities would come into our hands. I pray that open doors would begin today and that we would run forward into what you've called us to have and to do and make an extreme impact on our generation for the kingdom of God. Let souls come into the kingdom at an unprecedented rate in the mighty name of Jesus. Let people be brought out of darkness and into your marvelous light. We thank you for it. Use us. Use us. We're your servants. Add to us what no man could add. No government, no culture, no boss. Do something that only you can do, and you'll get all the praise and glory from us, your children. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, I want to encourage you one more time. It's March 28th. It's Monday. That means Bible study made simple is now live and available uh, in MiracleWord University. So if you want to be a part of it, bible.miracleword.com, bible.miracleword.com. We want you to be a part of it. If you sign up in these first 48 hours, we're going to put into your hand a book by the top Pentecostal scholar in the world, Dr. Craig Keener, The Bible in Its Context about a 300-page book that he wrote for Bible school students. We're going to put it in your hand absolutely free. And we have videos already waiting on you in there right now. And then starting on April the 11th, we're dropping weekly content as we go through the principles of Bible study and then take you through Bible studies one by one, and we're going to do it together. As you join the course, which is $15 a month, it's worth every penny of the investment. Uh, As you join the course and we go through... We're going to have you join the private Facebook group as well. You'll receive emails, um, and we're going to do live question and answer sessions in the private Facebook group. We can interact. You can ask questions, but there's already, I think, four or five videos waiting on you, and then we'll start dropping these every single week. We cannot wait to get started, and I want to see you there. Listen. It's only open until April the 10th, and then registration will close and stay closed all the way until late fall. And we want you in there for this first batch of studies as we're going through these together. And so, again, you have today and tomorrow for the early bird, uh, bible.miracleword.com. You'll see all the things you're going to take away. You'll see all the details at the website, and you can click to register. We want to see you there. I'll be back this week, 10.30 a.m. Of course, we're in Revival in Ithaca, New York, at his Tabernacle Church, uh, Ithaca Campus, Pastor's uh, Chad and Jade Spencer. It's going to be great. 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time uh, through Wednesday this week. Don't, don't miss it. And I'll see you in the mornings here, 1030 a.m. And I hope to see you on Bible Study Made Simple. I love you guys a lot. Have a powerful day. And I'll talk to you soon. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.